Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I'm Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucell. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sanson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. Gerald Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lovkovsky from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessa Goche, I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Welcome to a new episode of the Pipeline Show, everybody. My name is Gee Flaming. Thanks for tuning in this weekend. I apologize that the show is uh, a, a day late again. This is the second week in a row that I'm a day late. Uh, this week, uh, here's the explanation. I have an adult child who has a cerebral palsy, and uh, last a couple of days ago, she slipped on some ice, and uh, she's broken an ankle in three places. Uh, it's not a good break. So I spent 27 hours at the hospital. I couldn't finish the show off on Friday. In fact, it, as I'm speaking with you right now, it's Saturday morning, and I should probably be at the hospital right now. So I, I think I'm going to keep this opening segment really brief. I apologize for that. Usually I'll get into news and notes and uh, update the scoring leaders and uh, some of the rankings in the NCAA, etc., etc. I don't think I'm going to do any of that this week. I just want to get the show out uh, and get back to uh, looking after my kid. So, a quick reminder that the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. It's unbelievable beef jerky. In fact, it, if it's healing, I should get it uh, just in case. It'll uh, work miracles uh, and heal ankles. I don't know if it's that good, but it is. it wouldn't surprise me, put it that way. You can get it in three locations in the Edmonton area, Leduc, Spruce Grove, or the new kiosk in West Edmonton Mall. But don't fret, if you live in Western Canada, you can have it shipped to you. You don't have to make that drive in. Go to wilhawkbeefjerky.com, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com. And this week, I have four outstanding guests for you. It's a loaded show. It's a terrific guest list. I feel bad that it's a day late, but all of the guests join me courtesy of the Troubled Monk Hotline. The tap room is based in Red Deer, uh, but any liquor store in Alberta will have their products available, and it is craft beverages. You can get uh, be beer, obviously, uh, but you can get spirits. You can even get soda, and you can find those at your local grocery store. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop, and that'll show you the entire inventory uh, that can be found. The guest list this week, as I mentioned, it's a good one. Two 2023 draft spotlights to kick things off. We're going to begin with Braden Yeager of the Moose Jaw Warriors, probable first-round pick. From there, we'll go with Gabe Perot from the U.S. National Development Program, probable first-round pick. The initial list of Hobie Baker nominees as top player in the NCAA has come out. A number of them are Canadian. I think the list is like 80 players long or something. 
Uh, there's 27 Canadians and a couple of dual citizens on that list. And this time of year, we like to start tracking down a few of those guys who haven't been on the show before. One of those is Carter Wilkie. He plays for the RIT Tigers. He's from Calgary, played in the BCHL. We'll get to know him a lot better today as well. And we will close things out with the leading scorer from the North American Hockey League. His name is David Andrachuk, and he plays for the Northeast Generals. So two potential first-round picks, a potential Hobie Baker winner, and a leading scorer in the North American Hockey League. Big show. Let's kick it all off next with a Braden Yeager of the Moose Jaw Warriors in the 2023 Draft Spotlight. This is the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Back to the blue line, Wilm in the middle, broken up by Zemer. Look out, Cohen Zemer, breakaway to Hyde to Zemer. Hat trick! Cohen Zemer, 3 1. This is Cohen Zemer with Prince George Cougars, and this is the Pipeline Show. Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I'm telling you, that dude just gives me the heebie-dee-bee-jeebies. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Uh, you can get it in three locations in the Edmonton area or uh, go to their website, wilhockbeefjerky.com, and they will ship it anywhere in Western Canada. That's uh, Wilhock Beef Jerky. All right, we're going to turn on the 2022, excuse me, the 2023 draft spotlight uh, for the next two segments. We're going to talk to two players, both of them draft eligible, both of them probably going to go in the first round of the upcoming NHL draft. We're going to start in Moose Jaw with the Moose Jaw Warriors, and of course that means Braden Yeager is my guest. Uh, Braden, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Thanks, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's not my draft year though, so it's a much more interesting conversation uh, to talk to you than it is to me. So uh, tell me how the uh, the season is going for you and the Warriors. Yeah, it's uh, it's going pretty well. I think um, you know we're kind of looking at this last little stretch here going in the playoffs and um you know we're excited to you know kind of finish off the season and get uh get playoffs going but uh yeah this last little push here and then um you know uh hopefully uh set herself up for uh you know a good playoff run if the playoffs started today uh moose jaws in third place in the eastern conference you get home ice in the first round i imagine that right now is the goal is to make sure whoever you're playing doesn't matter you want to make sure you're starting at home is that true yeah exactly that's kind of uh kind of exactly uh that's exactly it i mean uh you know this whole last push here is to you know solidify a, a spot for uh you know home ice advantage and um you know obviously everybody wants uh home ice advantage and to play in front of their own crowd and um yeah i think uh for us we're just uh looking to you know bump up uh in the standings as much as we can here and um yeah just uh, like i said set us up for a nice playoff push now as we're speaking right now it's monday most people will hear this probably on friday when your team comes to edmonton to take on the oil kings but i know you play a game in between there uh as well 
uh, on uh, Wednesday down in Lethbridge. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Oil Kings connected yesterday uh, on Sunday. Not a pretty game for the Oil Kings, 10-2 loss. But uh, I know you guys are going to be uh, chomping at the bit to get back to the Oil Kings uh, because they actually beat you the last time your two clubs met. Tell me about that and just uh, how eager you are to get back against Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously, uh, you know, kind of chomping at the bit here to, you know, go back there and, um, you know, maybe show a little bit of a different performance. I think, um, you know, maybe took a little bit too much for granted. Um, you know, it seems to be maybe a little bit of a, uh, sequence happening this year was, um, you know, us playing against bottom teams. We, uh, maybe took a little bit too much for granted. So, um, you know, we're looking to, uh, you know, approach the game a little bit differently and, you know, come out uh, with a better, uh, a uh, better outcome. How big of a difference is there in the the games you win and the games you lose? Is it a pretty fine line? I mean, it's a it's a it's a good league, right? I mean, they're even the teams at the bottom of the standings. They're still good. If you have you know a, an off period, that could cost you in a game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, you look at um, you know all the teams, and you know any any team can beat any other team and mm-hmm. uh, at any given night. So um, yeah, I think you got to uh, you got to show up to play a full sixty minutes and. Um, you know, there's good players on, an, on every team and they can make you pay if you're, if you're not, uh, dialed in. So I think, um, yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big thing for us is playing a full 60 minutes and, uh, you know, we're going to try and do that, uh, you know, focus on that a little bit more going into the rest of the season here. And how about the year for you as an individual? That's a big year, obviously, your NHL draft season. You've got 55 points uh, right now in 48 games as we're chatting again on Monday. That'll change over the course of the week, I'm sure. Uh, but 20 goals and 35 assists. Are you happy with that production? Yeah, I think uh, obviously my playmaking is one thing that I wanted to, you know, improve on um, over the this past uh, summer. And, um, you know, I feel like I've been uh, doing a pretty good job uh, setting up my teammates and line mates. And, um, you know, credit to them for putting the puck in the net. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the season's been going really well. I think, um, you know, I'm trying to, trying to focus on uh, not just points, but, uh, you know, my 200-foot game as well and then face-offs and um, making sure I'm playing on the right side of the puck. So I think it's been going really well. I think you answered my next question already, but, you know, when I look at last year's stats, you had 34 goals in the season and 25 assists, and this year it's completely reversed. You said you're really concentrating on being more of a playmaker this year. Is that is that a, a an easy or a difficult transition for a guy who I'm assuming you've always been a shooter uh, to kind of uh, put on a different hat is is that a challenge? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I've I've always been kind of uh, you know my my goals and assists have been pretty even. So um, other than last year, almost I think was one of the first years that I've had more goals and assists. But um, yeah, I think you know I want to be able to show that I can uh, you know produce offense in, in different ways. And um, yeah, coming into this year, I wanted to be maybe a little bit more dynamic and. Um, kind of like I said, just produce offense in different ways and, you know, not be so one dimensional. So, um, yeah, I think it is a little bit of an adjustment, you know, um, you know, almost changing, you know, a little bit, just being more of a pass first. And, um, but, uh, you know, there's definitely times where, you know, I got to shoot the puck a little bit more and, um, use my shot to my advantage. Uh, for those who don't get a chance to watch the Warriors play, who have your line mates been for the most part this year, or has that changed frequently? Yeah, well, obviously at the start, we were missing quite a few guys um, at NHL camps. And then um, I've been playing, obviously, with Berkey a lot. And, um, you know, it uh, left winger varies um, depending on, 
uh, who's in and out. But uh, recently we've been with either Martin Rice-Evy or uh, Harper Lollicker, So Okay, Ferky, for those who don't know, would be uh, Jagger Furcus. So it's the Jagger and Jagger show. Now, you, <laughs> you said uh, the, the left winger changes a lot. The with WHL's website lists both you and Jagger as centermen. Who's actually playing in the middle? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually playing in the middle. I, I never noticed that, but uh, yeah, Ferky, Ferky plays the right side. So okay, uh, Braden Yeager is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. I want to ask you about your name, uh, Braden, because you know you watch the World Juniors, and you'll obviously uh, often get different pronunciations, especially for the European players. Uh, but they're calling you Braden Yeager all the time, uh, and for the last couple of seasons, yeah. anytime I see you on TV, it seems to get mispronounced, and and it is a mispronunciation, right? It is Braden Yeager. Yeah, yeah, it is Jager. I know people, uh, you know, with the whole Yarmir Yager and they see it as Yager, but, um, yeah, so it is actually Jager, but, you know, people tend to say Yager. It doesn't really, doesn't really matter, but it is pronounced Jager. Okay. Well, we'll go with Jager for sure because that's how you say it. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you some general questions because the, the pipeline show is a junior and college hockey show. So my regular audience will know about you and about the Warriors and you're on their radar and stuff already, but, There'll be a lot of casual NHL fans who are listening to this right now just because you're such a, a highly touted prospect for the NHL draft. They might not watch junior hockey at all. Uh, so for those people, let's uh, get a bit of background. Uh, where are you from, Braden? Uh, I was born in Saskatoon and um, raised in Prince Albert. Um, uh, I got to watch. Uh, we had season tickets to the Raiders and, um, you know, Leon Dreisaitl and Josh Morrissey were there. and um, So that was pretty cool growing up. and. Um, and then when I was 11, we moved back to, uh, Saskatoon and, um, kind of just continued the minor hockey. And then after that, I, uh, came to Moose Jaw. So who got you into hockey at a young age? Uh, it was my parents, uh, both my parents. My dad was a, my dad was a goalie. Um, he played, uh, a little bit of pro in, uh, I think it was called the colonial league, but, uh, yeah, they just threw me on skates when I was pretty young and kind of just, uh, fell in love with the game ever since so and you've got an older brother too right connor yeah connor he's my brother he played hockey too he doesn't play anymore he's doing uh he's focusing more on uh university he's going to the u of s taking uh biomedical science so he's he's really busy but uh yeah i got to i got the chance to play with him for a couple years and uh yeah that was pretty special well i have an older brother too so i'm a younger brother i know what that's like as a kid you, you always just want to do whatever the older brother is doing so I, i'm wondering you know yeah. like, you're four or five years old was that part of it too he starts playing hockey and you want to go join him yeah i think uh i mean obviously kind of like you said you want to always kind of follow your older brother and um you know he's always been a pretty big role model for me and um yeah i think we kind of just did uh, a lot of the same things and um yeah definitely hockey was was one of them and um yeah he doesn't uh play anymore like i said but uh yeah it's definitely uh one of the reasons i played well take me back to the uh the bantam draft uh, and for yourself you didn't have to wait all that long on uh draft day the third overall selection in the 2020 uh, whl uh, draft uh third round for third overall pick by the moose jaw warriors a lot of guys will tell me they were they stayed at home and were able to follow it along that way. Other guys were trying to keep up to date on what's happening on their phones or whatever at school. What was draft day like for you? Yeah, so I was at home. Um, I uh, I think there's a couple couple of players that uh, we knew we had a pretty good idea of where we were going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, but uh, just through Zoom calls with, uh, you know, the Warriors and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good idea that, uh, you know, I had had a good chance at going there. And, um, yeah, it was it was really exciting. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it was pretty cool when you get your name called. Obviously, we were watching uh, – I remember we were watching the TV in our basement and, um, you know, hearing, hearing your name called is – uh, you know, a pretty surreal feeling and, uh, you know, to go to an organization like Musha has been, uh, it's been unreal. So I know the odds, uh, unless it's Prince Albert or Saskatoon, I guess they're both pretty close to you, but you know, you're going to be moving away from home and, and, uh, what that experience is like at that young age. Did it, did it make you nervous at all knowing oh, I got to go down to Musha? Um, well, I mean, I guess I wasn't really that, uh, nervous about it, but, um, you know, obviously it's a little bit different and you're moving away from your family. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess in that way it's different, but I know that, you know, I've been pretty lucky. We're only a two hour drive and it's, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty easy drive from Saskatoon to Moose Jaw. So, uh, my parents get to come down and watch almost every home game and, um, you know, all the games around, uh, Saskatoon as well. So it's, uh, it's been really good. I mean, you know, getting to see them quite often and, um, yeah. So for me, it's been really well. Braden Yeager is my guest uh, forward with the Moose Jaw Warriors and uh, part of this epic uh, WHL uh, entry into the uh, NHL draft class of uh, 2023. I mean, there's so many of you guys expected to be potentially first-round picks. We're talking about like nine or ten players. You've been playing with and against this age group, uh, these players uh, of your age group for, I mean, all your life. Are there rivalries between you guys? Or, I mean, you're, you're representing Canada, your teammates quite often. Uh, what's that like? I mean, you look around uh, the rest of the guys in the WHL, your age group, and uh, there's some pretty special players. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, there's uh, it's a pretty special draft class in, in general. And then you know, you look at the West, and it's uh, you know, it's pretty incredible how many uh, how many good players there are. And um, you know, you look at uh, you know, we've we've played each other and um, in the summer tournaments and spring hockey growing up and, and things like that. So it's uh, we, we all know each other, I think, and um you know it's nice to you know check check in with each other and you know chat a little bit of how the you know, how the season's going and and uh kind of things like that and just uh i wouldn't say there's much of uh rivalries but uh you know there's definitely a rivalry with maybe some of the teams like uh, obviously regina down the road but, yeah um you know there's not much of uh individual rivalries i don't think and um they're more so just uh buddies but uh you know when you step on the ice you know there's no friends so Braden Yeager is the uh, defending WHL Rookie of the Year and CHL Rookie of the Year for uh, his performance last year. Joining me here on the Pipeline Show in the 2023 Draft Spotlight segment. Now, some of these guys in this draft class you have played with before. I mean, you got to represent Canada at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. You just uh, got off the uh, CHL Top Prospect game. Uh, maybe take me back to the, the Holinka Gretzky Cup. And th- I mean, that's such a big showcase event. What did it mean for you to get to represent Canada? Because due to COVID... I mean, your age group hasn't had that opportunity as much as usual uh, the last couple of years. Yeah, that was uh, that was a super fun tournament. Obviously, you know, you know that team was just loaded, and um, there were so many great players, and not just from the west, but uh, from you know out east as well. And uh, you know, anytime you get to re- represent your country, it's uh, you know it's an unbelievable feeling, and it's a huge honor, and um, you want to represent it well. So uh, it was. Uh, it was a blast. I mean, getting to play with some, uh, some of those players and, um, kind of showcase, uh, all the talent that we had on that team. And, um, you know, anytime you win a gold medal and it's, uh, it's pretty special and, you know, something that you won't forget. So the top prospect game uh, last week, 
a big event for you and for the rest of the guys uh, playing in the event. It's also huge, obviously, for the NHL clubs. Uh, and the stands are packed full of scouts. How do you feel about going into an event like that? Is there extra pressure? I mean, scouts are watching you all year long. Does it change anything? Does it feel just like just another another normal game? Um, well, obviously, it's a little bit different. I mean, um, you know, it's it's almost like an all star game, yeah. you can say, with all the all the talent there. And um, you know, I don't think uh, you know, it, and it's also pretty crazy. You know how much uh, you know, how much fun it was and the whole setup and. Um, you know, obviously a packed, uh, packed arena in, in Vancouver there. And, um, you know, obviously we knew that there was, you know, going to be a lot of eyes watching and, um, you know, you try not to, to try not to focus on that too much, but, uh, more so just enjoy the whole experience and, uh, you only, only get to go through that once. So, um, yeah, just, uh, all the media attention and, and how all the setup and it was just uh, an unbelievable experience and, you know, get to go through it with, uh, some of these guys. Um, like the past couple summers was, uh, you know, pretty incredible. Now, as I mentioned, just about everybody, all the rankings, individual rankings, whatever company is out there, uh, everybody seems to have you in the first round, depending on where it is in the first round, but still in the first round. A lot of guys will tell me on this show they don't want to think about that stuff uh, because they don't want to be distracted by it. Other guys tell me they, they really want to know who has them ranked and where they have them ranked because they use that as motivation. Uh, what about for you, Braden? Uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't really like to look at all those, uh, rankings and stuff. You know, you're, you're going to see yourself kind of, um, you know, different numbers and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I think just, uh, taking it one day at a time, is kind of a, a big thing I like to do. And, um, you know, you just got to focus on, uh, you know, performing every night and, you know, getting better every day. And, um, so yeah, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I try to, I don't try not to focus on all the, all the kind of outside noise, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that it's a, it's a big year and I have to perform. So I think, uh, just taking it day, day at a time is, uh, the best way for me to do it. Just a couple more questions here with, uh, Braden Yeager of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, when it comes to, uh, the, maybe the, what you feel is your greatest attribute, uh, your, the strongest part of your game. And is there an area that you're still trying to focus on and work on the most outside of, what you said at the start about the playmaking, adding that into your repertoire this year, but your strongest trait and the one that you want to, you know, you have to work on still. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think my skating ability and, and my shot are two of my, uh, main assets. I, I'd like to say, and, um, you know, something I always want to work on, um, is, uh, you know, my 200 foot game and just being, uh, you know, supportive in the D zone and, um, you know, obviously helping my D men and then, you know, obviously getting a clean breakout is, is huge and, um, you know, going the other way and, you know, that's kind of where you have the fun and, and produce offense and be creative. So, um, I'd say, yeah, like just, uh, keep improving on my, my 200 foot game. And, um, you know, so we can, you know, get the puck out, like I said, and go have some fun in the ozone. What do you like to do away from the game, Braden? Uh, in the summers, I like to, uh, golf and fish. We have a cabin up at Waska Sioux there and, um, you know, we go out and fish for, you know, a couple of days and, and, you know, golf a little bit as well. So those are a couple of things that I do, uh, you know, just to, you know, take a little break and, um, you know, spend some time with the family. Are you a movie guy? Do you like watching movies on TV at like Netflix or going to the theater? Uh, yeah, I'm more of a stay at home, uh, just watch, you know, whatever it is, Netflix, Disney or whatever it is. And, um, you know, just pick out a show and, uh, you know, kind of just, uh, 
fall asleep to a, a show or something like that is kind of what I tend to do. So, All right. What's your go-to? What do you recommend for somebody right now to get into? Yeah, well, right now I'm actually watching Prison Break. It's on Disney Plus, and, um, you know, a couple guys had watched it on my team and, and said that it was pretty good. And, um, you know, it, uh, it hasn't disappointed yet. I mean, it's been really good. I, I like it. And, um, yeah, it's been me and Ferk are kind of watching it together right now. So it's, right. it's really good. Excellent. Well, listen, Brayden, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for fitting this interview in. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way this year, and maybe we'll see you on Friday. But uh, whatever happens to the draft, good luck, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That was Moose Jaw Warriors forward Braden Yeager, who uh, that's that was a terrific interview. I really enjoyed that conversation. You can tell you can tell some guys get interviewed a lot because uh, he was a natural. And what a season he and the Warriors are having. It's funny because I think they went through a bit of a lull earlier in the season, probably about a month, month and a half ago. But they've, uh, you know, Ryder Korzak uh, comes back and um, probably plays a big part of it. But that's a deep team. They're going to be uh, a tough team to eliminate when it comes to the playoffs. Lots of talent on that Moose Jaw squad. Also lots of talent on the U.S. National Development Team and uh, the U18 squad again this year, boasting a lot of players for the NHL draft. We had one on last week in Ryan Leonard, while his line mate, one of his two line mates, is on the show this week. That's Gabe Perot, scheduled to speak with Gabe next. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Hey, it's Don Holloway from the Wisconsin Badgers. Now he goes cross ice, center ice to Holloway. Drop pass between his legs, Weisbach refeeds Holloway open, scores! What a fantastic play! Holloway, Weisbach, back to Holloway. 1-1, wow! And you're listening to Pipeline Show. talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move! Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie score! Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores! Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming and continuing with a another 2023 draft spotlight segment as we uh, just had a conversation with uh, Braden Yeager from the Moose Jaw Warriors, potential first round pick. We're going to have another potential probable first round pick in this segment as well, but it's a uh, a player who's headed to college, so it's an NCAA campus report segment. Those are brought to us by College Hockey, Inc. If you're a player or there's one in your family, you need to know what you can and can't do to maintain your eligibility. Uh, Get in contact with College Hockey, Inc., and they will answer any questions that you might have. Their uh, website's a great resource as well. Go to collegehockeyinc.com. All right, my guest uh, today is uh, another member of uh, Team USA's U18 squad, uh, the National Development Program, every year churning out to future NHL talent, uh, and this year, no exception to that. Gabe Perot is my guest. Uh, Gabe, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, though. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. Heck of a season for you and for the program. Uh, but from your perspective, put it in your own words, though. Uh, how do you feel about this year so far? Yeah, it's been really good. I think, you know, just as 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 a player and as a team in, in general, it's been 
you know, really good, especially last year coming in. You know, we weren't as good as we wanted to be. So, you know, we had a lot of heat and fire coming in this year, and, you know, we were all excited to get going, and it's been, it's been going really well. For you, what's different this year than, say, last year when you played with the U17 program and you're a point-per-game guy last year? You're way beyond that this year. How, how do you how do you explain that? Yeah, I think obviously playing with, with you know, really good players on, on my lines has been huge, but I think you know, a lot of us have a lot more confidence coming in this year. I think you know you have more time and space to to make the plays and you know use your skill a lot more this year. So I think that's that's been huge for a lot of people and you know and myself as well. I, I had uh, Ryan Leonard on the program last week. I know you've been playing with him and uh, Will Smith for most of the season, but he said uh, things have been changed up here. Uh, for the uh, the rest of the season, or at least for right now, as you get prepared to go over to Finland, who are you playing with now? Yeah, I'm I'm still with uh, Will Smith, and now I'm with uh, Ryan Stein. So, you know, most of the season it's been been me, him, uh, me, Ryan Leonard, and, and Will Smith for for a lot of it. But you know, coach wanted to try some new things, and we'll see how that goes. All right, the evolution of your game. I'm interested to know how you're different as a player today compared to let's say 18 months ago when you first got to the program. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is you know, I, I came into the program. I, I wasn't the biggest guy, so I think the 17 years with being able to get in the gym, while I was was huge for me. I think you know I gained around 17 pounds of muscle and around 25 pounds, so that was that was big. So I think if that helps with just my overall strength, and I think that's that's improved my skating a lot. I think that's one thing I've been trying to work on is my separation speed, and especially. So that's that's been huge. And then you know over the summer I was I've been working on my shot a lot, which is, has paid off as well. The website I'm looking at lists you at five foot eleven and 165 pounds. Is that out of date? Like, what are you at now? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm around there. I'm around 165, 170, but I came into the program around 140, so yeah, it, was, it was pretty small. Wow, no kidding. How, how did that change the way you can play and what you can do on the ice? I, I imagine that uh, must be a completely different uh, sort of feeling out there. Yeah, no, you, you feel you know, just a lot stronger and you know, more energy in general. I think one of the corners, you, you feel stronger as well, so I think that and then obviously with my skating is that's that's helped a lot with my skating for sure. Well, you're leading the team in scoring uh, this year. You've got 76 points in just 39 games. 35 of those are goals. Uh, 41 assists. I'm interested. Do you see yourself more as a, a shooter or a setup guy, a playmaker? Yeah, I think I'm definitely more of a, of a playmaker than than a goal scorer. But I think this year I've been you know, able to make some of the both with, with playing with those guys. But I probably consider myself more of a playmaker than than a scorer for sure. Well, you got 35 goals, and that's uh, a lot more than anybody else on the team. It almost sounds like it surprises you a little bit that you've been able to score and, and produce this much. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, I mean, yes, a little bit, but I think, you know, obviously playing with those guys, they they set me up, so it's it's easier to you know, get goals and you know, assists as well. So I think this, all those guys are unbelievable players, and, you know, they're, they're easy to play with. So I think, you know, coming into the year, we all had high expectations, and, you know, I guess... No, scoring scoring around 30, 35 was, was the goal for me, so I guess exceeding that a little bit. But I think, just like I said, with, with those guys, it makes it a lot easier. Gabe Perot is my guest. He uh, plays for the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, he's with the U18 squad this year and uh, one of the top draft-eligible players in the class of uh, 2023. Uh, let's talk about that. And uh, I guess for people who don't know you really well and this is a junior and college hockey show so there'll be a lot of my regular listeners will know all about the program and and you'll be on their radar but the casual nhl fan that doesn't pay attention to junior and college hockey at all might not know you yet uh but uh because you're such a high profile uh player in the draft they'll they'll listen to this just to get some information so for that portion of the audience uh, let's start at the beginning 
Uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I was I was born in Quebec, so I grew up there with, with my family until uh, third grade, and then I moved to Chicago in third grade, so I was around around nine or ten years old. I uh, grew up there, played played with the mission, and you know, I still got buddies on, on my mission team. Two guys from, from that team is on the national team as well, so I was that was definitely cool. Well, and uh, for those who don't know, I guess my next question for for guys is who got you into hockey? I think this is a pretty obvious answer for the uh, yeah. the son of Yannick Perot. Uh, but uh, he get you started pretty early. Yeah, yeah, really. Early. Actually, my mom was was my first coach, so I think it's, it's pretty funny, but you know, it's pretty cool at the same time. But I think you know they they put me and my brothers into it at a young age. You know, we we fell in love with it. We had some, you know, we played mini sticks and all that stuff, and had some you know, competitive moments. So. It was, pretty funny stories as well but you know it's, it's really fun at the same time now i know you were born you said you were born in canada but moved to to chicago when you're in grade three and then the family stayed there i know like your dad he played the one year for the blackhawks and then was that was his final year wasn't it yeah he he played one year uh his last year in chicago and then he now he works ever since 2013 he's been working for uh the blackhawks as a player development coach right so he's yeah all right, so just stayed right there in, in the Chicago area. Cool. Yeah, exactly. All right, so you got ties. Obviously, you got a, you got two passports. Uh, was it always a, an easy choice for you to decide uh, which country you were going to represent internationally when it comes to hockey? Yeah, I think you know when I when I found out that I was going to have an opportunity to come to to the program, it was it was a no doubter. I think obviously, you know, my brother didn't have the same opportunity, so I think for me, it was, it was definitely a no doubter when I knew I had a chance of coming here. Now you you have a couple of brothers that play, don't you? Yeah, uh, my oldest brother. He he used to play twenty four, and I helps coach with, with the mission. And then uh, my brother, obviously, my brother plays in, in San Diego now. And then my sister also plays. She plays D one at Mercyhurst. So, you know, big big hockey family for sure. All right. So, are you the youngest of the group? Yeah, yeah, I am. So, I mean, what was that part of? I mean, we talked about how your dad got you in hockey, but you know, I'm a little brother. I know what it was like as a kid. I just wanted to do what my older brother was doing all the time. If both your brothers and your sister are all playing hockey, I imagine it was just a natural for you too. Yeah, exactly. I think they. I just wanted to do what all of them did, and you know, we obviously they all got put into it. So, I guess I, I don't remember much, but I, I know I got put into it and fell in love with it ever since. Now, how did you connect with the program? I, I know it's a a big uh, it's a tryout, isn't it? I mean, like forty, fifty guys uh, that get invited to a to a tryout camp, but but before that, like, was it on your radar at all? Was it something that you were shooting and, and hoping you would have that opportunity? Yeah, I wasn't too sure if I was I was going to be able to get the opportunity with my uh, obviously I was I was born in Canada and stuff like that. But I think U15 year they, you know, I talked to them a little bit during the year before the season, and then I got invited to you know the the top forty, and then you know if if I made it, I knew I was I was going to go there. So yeah, that's that's the story behind it. Gabe Perot, my guest, uh, forward with the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, let's talk about the draft. And I know when I uh, have players on the show, a lot of them will tell me they don't want to think about the draft at all. They don't want that to be a distraction. Uh, there are other guys who tell me they want to know, you know, who's got them ranked where, whether it's Central Scouting or TSN or up here at least, Sportsnet, uh, or any of the, you know, independent scouting agencies out there. Uh, and they use that as motivation. Uh, what about for you, Gabe? Yeah, I think. Uh, for me, it's, it's like a lot of the guys on you know, our, our U.S. team. I think we, we try to you know, leave that stuff and, and not worry about that stuff. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all noise. You just got to play your game and you know, wait till the end of the year to worry about that. All right. So when everybody is talking about you as a first-round pick, you, you don't really want to hear about that? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you have, you have goals for yourself. So I think 
you want to, I don't say you want to hear that, but I think it's, that's where you want to be. So I think, you know, just, just showing that you can do it is, is the only thing you could do. And right. you know, obviously, you know, obviously you just let, let the other stuff and all you know, the noise and all that stuff go. How often do you get asked if you, you play like your dad? Uh, honestly, not, not that often. Every once in a while, you know, scouts that are, you know, still coaches and stuff like that have, that play with my dad. Sometimes they'll, they'll ask a little bit and they'll say they see a little bit of similarities, but, um, not that often. I think it's, they ask me more about, you know, my brother, I think yeah. more than my dad. Yeah. Uh, do, do you see the similarities more to your brother or your dad? Uh, I think, I think my dad, I obviously haven't watched him as much, but I think he's, he's a little bit like me. Not, not the biggest guy, but you know, really smart and can, can make plays. So I think, Obviously, my brother's smart as well, but I think he's he's more the sh- the shooter in the family than the playmaker that that, that I, my I am and my dad is as well. What do you see as your role on the team or as uh, the player that you can be at the next level? Do you have a, a sort of a a sense of what the the type of player that you're going to be? Yeah, I think definitely with my my hockey IQ and and uh, compete level, I definitely think I can play in the top six in the next level. But I think if you know, if the team wants me to play in the, in the top nine or anything lower, I'm I'm more than willing to do that. Uh, Gabe, what do you like to do away from uh, the game uh, when you're not playing hockey? And maybe it's the off season or something outside of training. I'm sure you do that pretty much all year round these days. But uh, what do you like to do to get away from hockey? Yeah, like like a lot of guys, oh, like to golf. Not very good, but uh, you just just go out there, hit the ball, have have fun. We'll go with with buddies and and family. So that's that's always fun. But you know, sometimes you have bad days. Sometimes you have better days. But you know. For me, they're usually bad days. <laughs> I was asking Ryan last week if he's a movie guy, or and I think he said he likes to watch Netflix. Uh, are you more of a go to a theater kind of guy, or do you like to to, to watch stuff at home? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I think I'm not going to go to the, the theater by myself, that's for sure. But if a couple of buddies want to go, then then I'll do that. But every once in a while, we watch movies and you know shows uh, at, at people's houses here. So. Sometimes we do that, so that's that's always fun. Is there one uh, a show or, that you've caught onto uh, recently, or that you watched recently? Something you'd recommend to people to get into? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been rewatching uh, Outer Banks. So I think most people have seen that, but you know, a couple of the guys have been watching that on the road and you know at home as well. So I think that's that's one that's always good to watch. And then I think we've we've watched a lot of movies and stuff like that. Well, you guys are getting set to go over to Finland uh, next week, right? Uh, is it? Or do you leave this weekend or next week? Oh uh, yeah, I believe Sunday. Through the course of this season, uh, you play against some USHL competition, uh, and you're playing against Division One teams, and and you have that international component to your schedule as well. Is there one of those three facets that you enjoy more than the others? One of the teams? Yeah, like do you like playing the college guys more than the USHL oh, guys, or do you like playing the yeah. international stuff more than the other two? Yeah, I mean, probably probably international is uh, my favorite. I think a lot of the guys like that a lot. I mean, obviously playing against other countries it's pretty cool when you're representing a country well you had that tournament earlier this year but you were hosting it you're that that yeah. was in michigan this is the first time you get to leave the country and go play so i imagine this is a a chance that you've had sort of circled on your calendar you've been looking forward to this one yeah yeah that was fun we got to go to finland and, and slovakia last year so those, those were both cool experiences going you know, outside the country to play against other countries it's always fun and then you know, the one here as well was, was really cool. I mean, having that at home in front of the home crowd was, was, was pretty special. Nice. Uh, well, I guess the easy question uh, is uh, your favorite team growing up. I'm guessing it's probably uh, somebody close to home. Yeah, uh, I was definitely Blackhawks fan growing up. He's a huge Patrick Kane guy. Just you know, going to see him and you know, Panarin was there for a little bit. So watching those two guys play was, was 
pretty special and you know, fun to go. Always fun to go to those games. Excellent. Hey, Gabe, I really appreciate your time, man. Best of luck the rest of the way this season uh, over in Finland. Whatever happens at the draft. Oh, you know what? I should ask you. Uh, Boston College is your your college destination of choice, uh, and I know you're going. Will Smith going, and Ryan Leonard's going. So it's and a few other guys on the team. I think Ryan was saying yeah. they got like five or six of you going. Uh, tell me why yeah. Boston College was the right fit for you, and and I think correct me if I'm wrong. You were like the last guy to commit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was, I was the last guy, so I took took a little bit longer to see what, what the best spot was going to be for me, and then when I went there, just just fell in love with the facilities and you know the the coaching staff is great, and then obviously you know I'm, I'm really close with, with the BC guys on the team, so I think there's there's uh, six of us going from from the team, so I think you know that they definitely played a, a big factor in it as well. All right. Well, Gabe, listen, I appreciate your time, man. Good luck this year. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Just in time before the Team USA leaves for Finland for Five Nations uh, tournament, Gabe Burrow from the U18 squad. What a heck of a season he's having off the Boston College as well. And it's like a six-pack of players uh, going to BC from uh, the U.S. program this year. Interesting to see him sort of in the middle of the first round when he's leading the team in scoring that uh, he's not the top-ranked player. Guessing that's a size thing? Maybe. Maybe not. Whatever it is, uh, he is having a terrific season and lots of time before the draft. We'll see how it all shakes out with the final rankings when they come out. All right, hopefully two more segments still to go this week. As I'm speaking with you right now, it's Monday. The show comes out Friday. Lots of time in between, waiting for replies from two potential guests, one of them a college player. One of them from the North American Hockey League. Find out who joins me next, courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. Second unit on. Divine centering. Tip. Score! Rieger Lorenz. First collegiate goal. One nothing, Denver. You're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hey everybody, an old man's talking. We're back on the Pipeline Show with Keith Lim. The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. Available anywhere in Western Canada by going to their website or you can pick it up 
at three different locations in the Edmonton area. Uh, we're going to head south and uh, talk a little college hockey, and uh, my next guest is uh, on the huge list of uh, Hobie Baker nominees, but uh, he's got a pretty good chance to be on the uh, the ten man list at the end of the year. Uh, and it's uh, another Canadian as well, and we always like to spotlight the Canadians uh, who are making waves and noise in the NCAA. Carter Wilkie is my guest uh, from Calgary, playing at RIT with the Tigers. Uh, Carter, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Good yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm doing terrific, uh, but, man, the Tigers and yourself uh, having a, a solid year uh, this season. Uh, you've got 31 points. That's a new career high after 26 games. Uh, you had 30 points last year as a freshman. Uh, what's going right for uh, for you and the Tigers this year, uh, outside of everything, apparently? Um, we just got a really solid group, and uh, guys are all clicking on all cylinders. Like, um, I've we just have like four really good lines of players all contributing offensively. Our decor is all performing above and beyond, and then we have a great goaltending. So that's kind of we put all those pieces together. We've been winning games and keep on doing so so we're gonna try and keep going on that path and uh personally uh to tribute to my success this year to a bunch of the guys around me they're creating space and getting me the puck and i've been able to put the uh pocket net and then they've been able to do the exact same thing so it's been really good interesting you got 31 points the next closest score on your team has 22 uh and they're actually the next two guys on the on the scoring uh list for RIT are both defensemen who are you playing with uh up front or has that uh, changed a lot over the course of the season uh, I've been playing with uh, Cody Laskowski and Tanner Andrew for the last three or four games now. And then before that, I was with uh, Tanner Andrew and Grady Hobbs as well. And uh, those guys, they might not have the point production that I have uh, simply just because I have had a good amount of success on their power play unit. And like you said, the two guys below me, Inans Picotta and John Franco Casaro, they're both, they're on the top with, they're on the top three kind of with me on the power play. And right. John Fraser has been scoring automatically from that spot. He's got an absolute cannon, and Dane Hensbricard has got great vision, able to set everyone up, and we've been producing that way. And then five on five, my my line mates have been more than substantial. I don't know if they're just getting robbed of these points, or I'm getting blessed by getting a couple, maybe ones you don't fully do a lot on. But those guys have been absolute workhorses, my line mates, and uh, they deserve a lot more credit than maybe they've gotten so far. Well, it's no surprise you're leading the team. You led the team last year as a freshman as well. Did you expect to have this uh, amount of success at the collegiate level uh, that you've had so early already? I mean, you're only two years there, and you've been the top scorer on your club uh, both years. Uh, no, honestly. Uh, last year, I expected when I came in, I wanted to just uh, – my goal was simply to play every game and then uh, slowly work my way up the lineup and maybe get some more uh, – looks special teams wise and uh unfortunately due to a couple of guys uh injuries last year uh unfortunately for them but kind of fortunate for me because right. i was able to get a bunch of those uh units and uh it's kind of went on running with it and guys just end up getting clicking and working together so i would say it was it's a lot of luck so far uh and obviously you earn your own luck but uh a lot of did a lot of things did kind of fall into place for me and worked out well but uh yeah it's kind of weird to think i was the leading scorer last year and this year as well it's something i didn't know would happen exactly but i knew i kind of had the ability to at times but i just kind of kind of buried my head and kept on going not really looking at the points more or less looking for us to win games and that's kind of more the meaning of the season you want to 
I could score a million goals, but if we don't win at the end of the year, I couldn't really care if I had a million goals as long as we win. Well, the Atlantic Hockey uh, Player of the Month for the second time this season, what's that, just four months, so half the time this year, uh, you've been the Player of the Month uh, for Atlantic Hockey. So pretty impressive uh, season. This is speaking with uh, Carter Wilkie from the RIT Tigers. For people who don't know uh, a whole lot about you, uh, this is a, a junior college hockey show, so my regular audience will, will know about RIT and, uh, and what you've done there this year, but there'll be some casual fans, uh, NHL fans that don't care about junior college hockey who don't know much about you, so... Uh, let's get a bit of background. Uh, I mentioned you're from Calgary. Uh, how old were you, or who who got you into hockey at a young age? Uh, I would say it's my parents. Obviously, they're right there. Uh, but I've kind of grown up with a hockey family. I have two brothers, an older and a younger. Uh, my older brother just finished playing college hockey, and now I'm just working as a lawyer. or become a lawyer, so it's we've kind of been ingrained with it. And then both sides of my family, my mom's side and my dad's side, they all played hockey my parents have played all throughout their lives and their brothers and sisters have as well so it's kind of been within our family hockey kind of started out so I don't even know the first time I ever held, held a hockey stick or something like that but I would have been age probably like three or four I've kind of fell in love with hockey and kind of stuck with it since and I'm enjoying it so far well classic Canadian story um your older brother you said played collegiate hockey as well where did he go uh he went to Liberty University he played ACHA hockey okay uh, how did you get hooked up with uh, RIT? Um, originally, when I went to junior in Chilliwack, my 18-year-old year, they reached out a little bit and then uh, just showed some interest at that point. But uh, everyone knew, I, me personally, I think, as well, as I needed time to develop. I uh, kind of had a rough patch my 19-year-old year and uh, found a little bit more of my game, kind of established what I was and found just a lot of... Uh, more or less like who I was as a player. Then 20-year-old year, during the COVID year, they reached out uh, again right at the start. Uh, they involved my family within the recruiting process. And obviously, during COVID, you couldn't come down and visit. So just a lot of Zoom meetings with them. Mm. And uh, I had a couple of buddies down here as well. Uh, the goalie right now for us, Daniel Chenard, and then a goalie previously for them, uh, Logan Dracket, were good family friends of mine, are Dex teammates. So I uh, talked with them, and they just said I wouldn't, regret my decision to come to RIT, and I'm glad they pointed me in this direction because I'm happy I'm here. Logan Drackett, former uh, guest here on the Pipeline Show as well. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what <laughs> led you to the BCHL in the first place? So, I know you played a little bit in the AGHL to start with. You're a Calgary guy, uh, and you played for the Mustangs uh, briefly, uh, but what took you to uh, the BCHL? I uh, Just looking at it, I like the number of commitments uh, that came out of that league. Obviously, uh, they had a bunch, and I thought the exposure was really good, and uh, uh, BC is just a beautiful place, so I really wanted to go out there and play. But I just personally thought the hockey was better at that standpoint, and I kind of liked the idea of where I was offered to Chilliwack and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just the draw of living in BC, being uh, able to also live away from my family, I thought personally that would be a good experience, like getting to know uh, a new family, living more or less by yourself, and uh, doing all that stuff without having mom and dad around all the time. I thought that would personally help me out. and I like the league a lot, and I thought it was a really strong league, and obviously they have a lot of commitment, so I thought it was my best opportunity to get uh, down to college. Tell me about that last year, though, with uh, the uh, – by that point you were with uh, West Kelowna, uh, but the COVID year, that yeah. that had to have been a real difficult thing to go through, not just for you, but for everybody in the league. Yeah, it was a really uh, tough thing because uh, 
the BC League, they did really well. They started us out. We were able to do a little bit of a pod season against Penticton, Vernon, and Salmon Arms. So we got games in them, which was really beneficial because that really helped me get a commitment. And obviously, I committed during that time. So it was really, really beneficial. And I'm thankful for all the work they did then. And then right around December, there was another spike in COVID. So we got canceled and mm-hmm. uh, a regular season got delayed or canceled. I forget which they exactly said. And then 20-year-olds weren't allowed to skate in BC again, so I was with my team, but I wasn't able to skate. So me and a couple of 20-year-olds right at the start of December were able to skate. So I went home, and again, Alberta, you weren't allowed to skate at all unless you are on outdoor rink or something like that. So right. I was like, it was a real big struggle. But, uh, yeah, I also attributed to – I was able to go and focus off in the gym a lot, and I think that really helped me out developing-wise and skating-wise, and I was able to take – that uh regard towards my personal life because i was a little bit more of a late bloomer so i was able to put on some muscle and some weight during that time and it, i felt like it helped me out a lot speaking of which what are you uh, i i'm looking at it says six one 190 pounds i don't know how up to date that is uh recently i weighed in at i'm now six two and 200 pounds so do you feel that difference on the ice uh, and has the growth spurt uh, stopped at this point i mean you're 22 years old i i imagine you're not suddenly going to get uh, even taller uh, yeah, I have no idea. Every time I see my mom, though, she says she asks me if I keep getting taller or not. And <laughs> I don't know. It's it's her opinion. I don't know. If she's just trying to help boost my confidence or something. But uh, yeah, I don't personally. I don't know. Uh, I knew I grew up grew a little bit over the summer. I don't know fully if that was just because the times I was weighed in there stuff like that. But the strength wise, I definitely feel uh, a little bit more weight. I feel like I got. Uh, my legs a lot stronger over the summer, so that helped me out with uh, skating and uh, mainly the puck battle. Just actually a little bit of corner weight helped me out a lot, and then the strength of my legs helped me out, so I can get that extra step on people and more of a jump and create more offense for myself. Carter Wilkie is my guest. He's a, a forward with the RIT Tigers, uh, playing in Atlanta hockey in the NCAA. It says uh, I'm told you're a right winger. Uh, what's your role on the line outside of? I know obviously you're the offensive leader of the team, but uh, stats don't tell the, and paint the whole picture. Uh, what do you see as the maybe uh, give us a self scouting report if you can? Uh, well, I'm actually not a right winger. I'm a centerman. Hmm. I've only played center while I'm at college, so uh, I'm kind of a 200 foot centerman. If that makes any sense, I like to play on both ends of the ice. I like the PK. I like to be responsible defensively, and then obviously when the opportunity comes, I like to obviously score goals. And then anybody who tells you otherwise, I don't think it's honestly true because I think scoring is one of the best things my, right behind winning games. Uh, so I like I like to do that aspect of it, but I like to think of myself as a 200-foot player who can skate really well and defend and uh, really get in this uh, face-off circle as well. Were you on the wing in the BCHL? Uh, my rookie year I was, and then I moved to center. Was that an easy transition to make? Did it take long before you got comfortable playing in the middle? And you said you're a face-off guy. That's something that it seems like you're either born uh, being able to take face-offs or you got to work a long time to become a proficient at, at winning those draws. What was it for you? I played a lot of center throughout my midget career and then uh, switched to wing my rookie year and junior just because of the depth we had. We had really good centermen and honestly the wing just uh, kind of fit in nicely. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, switching to center, yeah, like the face-off component's really hard, but I was, got a lot of good mentors throughout it. My dad helped me out a lot. We remember watching a lot of NHL games and just dissecting centermen and what they're doing over it. And then 
I got a lot of help from coaches and uh, family friends over what they used to do and teammates as well. And uh, a guy I can really remember is uh, Skyler Brindamore. Uh, when I was in Chilliwack, I remember him just going over draws with me and what he does. It was really cool to see because he learned from his dad. And obviously, sure. they're both absolute they're menaces in the dots. So I would hate to go against them. But I feel like it'd be a good challenge now. But uh, it's definitely something you got to work and practice on. There's a lot of different techniques and ways the guys do it, but ideally if you win the puck back, you win the puck back. Carter, what does it mean for you to be uh, on that initial list of uh, players nominated for the Hobie Baker? Uh, yeah, it's honestly a, it's a huge honor because when you look at it, you look at all the people who won the Hobie Baker. And, uh, and so last year, I fully didn't know the stature of it and guys being nominated. It's a huge honor and stuff like that, but uh, the moment I remember when it happened, I just – Guys are congratulating me, and I just said thank you. I was kind of a little more oblivious to it, if that makes any sense. But, uh, yeah, it's a really big honor and stuff like that. But we're still focused on uh, winning our games and winning our championships and then ideally winning the regular season so we can have home ice. And it's really it's something that's in my head, obviously, but I'm not fully considering it walking into weekends being like, oh, my God, if I do this, I'm going to get more right, right. recognition I'm I'm still focused on just winning games, but it's definitely a huge honor to have and accomplishment that uh, I attest a lot to my teammates this year and other guys. We have two other guys, John Fredo Casaro and Tommy Scarfoni, who are on the Hobie Baker list as well. And There's a lot more guys on my team I think could be on that list as well, but uh, it's just sometimes how it is. And those guys, my teammates, need a lot of praise, honestly, this year. They, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without them. There's a lot of Canadians on uh, on the RIT Tigers roster. Uh, what is it about that program? And and I mean the the coach and the coaching staff, everybody that's involved in recruiting, they're obviously going to Canada a lot. Yeah, they they do their homework and um, they pick the players that they feel best uh, suit RIT's style of play. And I'm not saying certain leagues are more beneficial to that. There's certain players there, but uh, yeah, they've just been they found Canadians and we have. Yeah, like you said, two Americans who are from Alaska and uh, a Swede right now. So we've been finding players, and this year we're playing really well. And last year we had a strong team as well. So they've obviously been doing their job really well. And uh, I don't really know what their mindset is about where they recruit guys from, but uh, it's working this year and hopefully continues this path. I'm in intrigued to know uh, why the college route was the right one for you. I mean, you, you're from Calgary. You, I'm sure you played with a, a lot of kids growing up who uh, went on and, and played in the Western Hockey League or, or somewhere else. But uh, did you always know that uh, it was going to be the college route for you? Uh, I wouldn't say yes, because obviously when you're growing up, I remember going to Hitman games and watching them, especially like the Teddy Bear Toss. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And sure. Obviously, want to be a part of it, but... Uh, yeah, when I was in my 14 year, and I wasn't, I didn't make AAA, so that kind of put me behind a stepping stone or whatever. And, uh, nothing against wherever I was. Like obviously, you could still make it after that, but uh, I was really, I wasn't a big player until I kind of had a growth spurt until I was like 16 or 17. So I knew I needed a little more time to develop, and before I could make a splash anywhere and be more or less ready for that aspect. And I just thought college and junior. Uh, allowed me to do that without uh, having to rush myself or put myself behind an eight ball. And I just thought it allowed me to develop the best I could. And I'm thankful I chose the path I did. And the education part is a huge thing as well, because everyone knows at one point or not, hockey will end regardless if you're 55 or 60, you still want to do something with your life. So 
or even when you're 20. But yeah, I just want to, the aspect of getting the degree while still playing hockey is a huge bonus, I think. Uh, I know you weren't drafted in the uh, WHL draft. Uh, did somebody list you at some point, though? I imagine you had opportunities to play in the WHL if you'd wanted them. Uh, yeah, I think I was uh, listed at one point my 18-year-old year by Swift Current, and then I think they called me and asked for a report, and I already said I was going out to Chilliwack, and then I think within that time frame I got dropped as well. So I think it was a matter of being listed and dropped within 24 hours of one another, so... <laughs> I think a brief in the WHL, but yeah, that was about all I ever had with uh, that kind of taste of it. All right. Lastly, uh, I know you still got a couple years of eligibility to play at, at RIT. Uh, the seasons that you're putting together here, there's going to be some pro interest, I'm sure, as well. Uh, where are you at with that? Do you think much about that, or are are you fully committed to spend four years uh, playing college hockey first, or, or does it all depend on when you can wrap up your academics? So what's your mindset there? Uh, honestly, I'm focused on just playing games right now and, uh, finishing my school, getting my homework assignments done. That's about where my head's at with it. And I think the rest of it will kind of fall into place. And, uh, yeah, I just think play hockey, keep playing all you are and stuff will come at you how it is and go from there. I think had some talks that's about it, but right now I'm just playing hockey and focusing on school. Well, Carter, you're doing a heck of a job at uh, at the, the hockey side of it. I don't know what your grades are, but continued good luck uh, with the RIT Tigers, uh, whatever happens the rest of the way this season. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. There's Carter Wilkie from the RIT Tigers, who's uh, from Calgary. But uh, one of the uh, there's a number of Canadians who made it to the uh, initial uh, ballot for the Hobie Baker Award. That's the, the segment that the fans can vote on. There's like 70 or 80 guys uh, on that list, but a number of them are Canadians. And uh, we'll try to get uh, a few of them on the show here over the next uh, month or so before things get narrowed down and then we get into the conference playoffs and things like that. So uh, we'll look at some of those players who are having some success uh, south of the border uh, from up here in Canada. Because that was a another Campus Report segment, uh, a reminder to go to College Hockey Inc. If you're a player or you have one in your family, there are things that you need to know that you can or can't do to maintain your eligibility. Why don't you get in contact with uh, Mike Snee and the crew? Uh, go to College Hockey Inc. because the website is a terrific resource. It's got lots of information on it for sure. We've got one more segment to go, and it's with a uh, a player out of the North American Hockey League who's looking to play college hockey. He doesn't have the commitment officially made yet, but he's actually going to mention it uh, during this interview uh, where he's, his intention is to play. So... Maybe some breaking news here on the Pipeline Show. It's the leading scorer in the North American Hockey League. He plays for the Northeast Generals, and his name is David Andrichuk. Yes, that sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Let's get to know him next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Yorkstrand hustles after it. Gabrikov off the point! Sillinger, his first in the National Hockey League! Hey, it's Paul Tillinger, the two Paul Stampede, and this is the Pipeline Show.
Oscar from Atchison loves Wilhawk beef jerky. I'll never forget it. Heading to the lake. Three screaming kids in the back. Let's get ice cream, we said. Sour, soupy sundaes all over the van. But then I found Wilhawk beef jerky. Tender, seasoned pieces of meat smoked to perfection. Perfect for keeping little mouths busy. And best of all, no sloppy surprises. And I always make sure to bring a little extra to eat around the campfire. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. We got one final segment to go here on this week's episode of The Pipeline Show. And the program, of course, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. You can get it anywhere in Western Canada. Unfortunately, that's too far for my next guest as we're heading uh, way south, all the way to the North American Hockey League, uh, the East Coast in Massachusetts as the Northeast Generals are playing in the North American Hockey League. And uh, the league's top scorer right now is David Andrichuk. Uh, David, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm super pumped to be on the show. Well, I appreciate you making the time like this. A uh, heck of a season you're putting together, and, and the team's playing some pretty good hockey as well. What's going right for you guys? Yeah, the, the offense has definitely been there um, as of late. So we, we've got some guys that love to shoot. Um, Jake LaRusso is one of them. He has the most goals in the league. Um and then uh, a few of my line mates, Paul Minahan and, and Deladonna now at this point have been have been burying pucks so that, you know, when the pucks are going in, they're going in. And I'm kind of, you know, that playmaker type guy that likes to pass first and then and then mix in a few goals here and there. But um, right now, the power play is looking good. And, and our depth, I think, um, in, our, in our division in the North, North American League is, is just helpful for us to, you know, keep scoring goals. Top three scorers in the null, all from your club right now, and you mentioned a couple of them in Minahan and LaRusso. Do you guys have some internal competition? I mean, you all, obviously it's the team first and, and that, but there's some pride on the line. Everybody wants to be the top scorer. Is there, you guys push each other that way? No, yeah, I think, I think for sure. Like when we see all of our names up there in the, in the league scoring, uh, I think our first goal was to get the three of us up there. And then, and then there's definitely that individual battle, uh, of just, you know, trying to, trying to stay on top and uh jake and and paul are definitely working working to keep that scoring going for sure now as hot as you you guys are uh the team right now tied for second place in the east division but uh, trailing the maryland black bears uh by nine points right now so there's still lots of work cut out for you and uh lots of time to to try to catch the the black bears how do you feel about the uh the rest of the way in the regular season and that opportunity to try to track them down no yeah i think our i think we have a very uh very good schedule here to end the year. Um, our coach Brian Erickson does a good job with with the whole scheduling thing and trying to mix long road trips and and mix in some home stands. So I think our schedule is looking good. And then as long as we can do the things that we can control, uh, I'm super excited. The Titans, the Titans are a great team that we have history with. Last year they we lost in the last second. Uh, a lot. They will say it was after the after the buzzer, but they eliminated eliminated us from playoffs. And and then Maryland's yeah they're they're a great hockey team as well. But I think in our position right now, points wise and our schedule going into the end of the year, I think we're pretty comfortable. So yeah, David Andrewchuk is my guest. He's a, a forward with the Northeast Generals uh, out of the North American Hockey League. And uh, I, I told you before we started recording that I'm still learning about the league myself. And, and I'm wondering as a guy, well, I'm, I, I have conflicting reports. Are you from California or are you from Florida? I'm from California. I was originally born in Los Angeles, and I moved before I turned one years old to 
New Jersey. It was in New Jersey for 18 years and then recently moved to Florida. Okay, so you're mostly, would you say New Jersey is uh, your home? Basically, yeah, that's that's the, that's the hometown, I'd say. What first got you interested in hockey? Uh, take me back to, to the beginning. Who got you interested? Yeah, I think the, the biggest... Uh, the biggest idol I had was actually my dad. He played um, He played in Canada. He was born in Manitoba. So he played at no- Notre Dame High School and then, and then played at Brown University. And then um, after that, played a little bit of semi-pro. And that's where he kind of settled down in, in Los Angeles and met my mom and met a, met a bunch of his friends and ex-NHLers. A lot of, you know, he had a, they played in some very Bruckheimer League or something out in LA and he had a great time there. But um, yeah, he's, he was definitely the biggest the biggest factor for me. He he loves the game and he kind of put that on me. And ever since then, I've kind of been running with it. Now, just for clarification for the audience, uh, you're David Andrichuk. There's of course a David Andrichuk who played in the NHL for a long time. Any relation there? It's a, it's a distant relationship. He'll, he comes over for Christmas dinner and we get out because he's got a house in, uh, in Sarasota as well, but we, we get out on the boat with him and and whatnot, but it's uh, it's di- it's a distant relationship. Okay, uh, and your father, you said played at Notre Dame. Uh, that that would be in Wilcox, Saskatchewan. Have you ever been? I've never been there. I've been to Dauphin. Uh, I've been to the Paw, Manitoba, Winnipeg a few times, but but not there. Okay, well, it's uh, quite the the place there. I mean, it's a very small town. It's like three hundred people, and I think everybody's employed at the at the college. So <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he's got some great stories there. Uh, all right. Well, when, once you started playing hockey, you obviously uh, gravitated to it and had some success. Have you always been a forward? I have always been a forward. I, I kind of was, you know, switching between center and left wing, and I still have that that ability. But I think the last few years, I've kind of established myself as a as a true center. Um, if I have to go on the wing at some point in the future, I have no problem with that. But I think the last few years. Uh, kind of just establish myself as a center. I wonder when you were a little kid, like uh, maybe seven, eight years old, I don't know what the minor hockey was like in New Jersey, but uh, for a lot of players, maybe their youth team didn't have a full-time goaltender, so everybody sort of had to take a, a, their turn, you know, have a rotation. Did you ever have a game where you put the pads on? I think I had the – I remember back uh, in Chatham, New Jersey, which is which is my hometown, um, uh, we had our high school team and then it went all the way down. So middle school and then even, even under middle school. So I think that's where I got the pass on a few times and I had a blast with it, but uh, I think, I think my dad and my mom kind of, you know, pushed me away from the pads. They, they like seeing me up front, up front skating. So uh, that, that kind of vanished. All right. Well, your time here in the North American hockey league, uh, this is your third season uh, in the loop and uh, you had 55 points last year in 49 games. You've already surpassed those numbers. I know you're looking for uh, a new high in, uh, in goals, but you got 14, your high is 19. So that'll come for sure. Uh, to what do you attribute uh, this, this big jump in offense this year? I know you, you, you're, you're a good teammate, so you're going to mention your line mates, I'm sure. But uh, just the, the normal evolution of a player at this point, your development, how are you a different player today than you were you know, when you first put on a General's jersey? Yeah, I think looking back to my rookie year, um, which was kind of a whirlwind, I started up in, in Alberta. And then once I got to the North American League, I was in Texas, Lone Star Brahmas. And I was kind of fighting there, you know, in and out of the lineup. Um, not sure why I was out of the lineup, kind of working my bag off and just trying to, you know, break that seal. And then finally, at the end of that that rookie year for me, I got traded to Northeast and was put into a great role right away and kind of gained that confidence that I was missing in, in Texas and in Alberta. 
and um, had an awesome end to my rookie year. And then um, the Gens kind of did a huge rebuild that year. So they were looking for new captains going into the next year. And uh, my coach, Brian, um, thought I would fit that role. So that was that was super awesome for my confidence. And, and everything started kind of going uphill at that point. And then just going into like the speed of the league, um, obviously that first rookie year, you're kind of adjusting. And then second year going in with a, with a letter and, and a lot more confidence to kind of, you know, the, the game felt a little slower, I had more time, was, was able to make more plays and then um, kind of just skyrocketed as, as that went on. And going into this year, uh, my confidence has been great. And, and yeah, like you said, I have to mention the lineys. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm surrounded by some great players both this year and last year and that that always helps so that i'd say that's those are a few of the biggest things for sure now you mentioned alberta a couple of times i'm looking at a you know sort of your history statistically who you played for and where and alberta isn't listed are you talking about uh, alberta where i am the alberta junior hockey league yes i was in i was in brooks so that whole covid year i started in i started Ah. in brooks and and never really got a chance to play any regular season games but um, played in Okotoks and a lot of exhibition when, when Canada was struggling to, uh, to have any hockey played. And then it was kind of my best option just to head back to the, to the States. I gotcha. Well, that sucks, man. It would have been uh, good to have you in the AJHL up here, but, uh, and not surprised that it was the Brooks Bandits. Uh, Ryan Papuano seems to find players from everywhere and, uh, no stranger to bringing Americans into play for the Brooks Bandits. That's for sure. Where do you go from here? This is your last year of junior hockey. I don't see a, an NCAA commitment on the sheet that I'm looking at, but uh, maybe you've got some news for me. No, yeah, I'm in. I'm in the middle of that process right now. So I've been I've been talking to schools, and um, we have that top prospects event coming up. So we're on the bus tomorrow to Johnstown, and we'll play two games in Johnstown. Then um, me, Jake, and Doug Freiberg will uh, take a van about two hours or so to Pittsburgh and, and we'll do that top prospects event for uncommitted players. And then I think right after that, uh, I should have a good idea about um, what school I'll be going to next year and, and, you know, furthering my hockey career. So it'll be, it'll be soon. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to make it awkward or anything, but are there a few schools on your list? I, I'm not expecting you to name them or anything like that, but how, I'm wondering what that process is like for a player, like how far out, uh, I know a lot of guys are committed to schools when they're 14 or 15. It's a lot different here for you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very close with with a with a school. Um, actually, I, I I have no problem saying that Yale University. I'm I'm very close uh, very close with. So I think after um, top prospects, if everything goes well, I think that's going to be the destination. Um, that could change, but 99% sure it'll be Yale. Okay, well, obviously you're a student. Uh, you can't get into Yale if uh, if you're just a hockey player. So uh, congratulations on, on that. Uh, why is that the right fit for you, not just academically, but as a player? Yeah, I think uh, just just being able to visit and get a feel for the campus and the program. And um, I got a I got a chance to go for an overnight visit, and everything about it was great. So um, I think it just felt like the right spot for me, and they're super interested. So um, I'm super excited about it. All right, the sheet I'm looking at lists you at six one and 190 pounds. I don't know how up to date that is. What are you at now? Yeah, similar height and about about 185 right now in season, but um, it kind of fluctuates from 185 to 190 throughout the year. You think the height is uh, done now? You're, you've topped out at six one. Um, yeah, you, who knows? But I think I think yeah, the last few years it's been 
six one, so I don't know if I've got any left. But I think I'm I think I'm stopping right around here for uh, sure. All right, but comfortable playing weight, like if you add ten pounds on or something like that, still got some man strength coming in. But you're not looking to bulk up to two twenty or something, are you? No, I think I think five more pounds in each leg will do a little helping. But uh, other than that, I think I'm kind of happy with the weight for sure. Uh, on the ice, uh, what areas of your game are you still trying to refine the most uh, to get ready for that next level? Uh, the biggest thing for me is is first step and kind of getting to the full stride a little bit quicker. Once I'm once I'm full stride, it's it's okay. But uh, the biggest thing for me the last few years has has just been that first step and getting to full speed a little quicker. Um, and then other than that, I think kind of just being able to reload in the in the offensive zone and just sustain pressure, um, which is kind of a line thing, but. That's one thing I've been focusing on. And then, like I said, the biggest thing is, is definitely those first few steps and, and that explosion. Dave, who, uh, what was your uh, NHL team growing up? Or did you have a specific team? Maybe you're one of those guys who just cheers for individual players more. Um, so one of my good buddies is Matt DeBoer. His, his, uh, his dad's Pete DeBoer in, in the National wow. Hockey League. So uh, I always have a little bit of a love for, for what team he's coaching. And then um, I've been going to Tampa my whole life. Now my family lives in, in Sarasota, just south of Tampa. So I've always been a Lightning fan as well. But um, like I said, I always have a little bit of love for the for the team that Pete's coaching. What do you like to do away from hockey, David? Uh, I love to golf. I play some video games, play some tennis, some paddle. Love going to the beach. Love going to the movies. I lo- you know, I, I do a lot of things away from the rink. So it's nice to be able to even things out, even, even your life out away from the rink and, you know, um, just be able to rest and do other things. So that's that's the biggest stuff for me. When you say you you, you like to paddle, what is that? Paddleboard, or is that a different uh, sport that uh, I'm not aware of? It's like a t- it's like a tennis type sport. So it's um, I don't know if you've ever seen like a video of it, but it's kind of like a smaller tennis court, and it's in like a cage, so you can play it off the play it off the walls and stuff. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's it's actually good for explosion. All right, I've not heard of that one. I'll have to. I'll have to look that out. You said you're a movie guy. What's uh, what's the best movie you've seen lately that you would recommend? Uh, the best one I've seen lately. Uh, I want to go with. Um, I don't know. I don't know. My favorite movie is is Goodwill Hunting, and I love I love a lot of those um, you know Robin movies. But I don't know. Most recent, I've I've seen a few. It's kind of a toss-up, and I've been watching a few documentaries as well. A really good documentary I just watched is called uh, Volcano, and it's uh, about this volcano that erupted, and it shows, you know, it shows everything in, in depth, and it shows kind of the real-life victims, and that was interesting. I watched that two days ago. I don't have a movie on, on top of my head, though, for you. Where's that uh, documentary? Is that like a Netflix thing? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's really good. It's All really right. good. We'll have to check that out. David, listen, man, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season here with the Generals. And uh, if and when you get to Yale, maybe we'll chat again. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Here's David Anderchuk from the Northeast Generals. And uh, I did ask him. He, he says he goes by David, but uh, a lot of guys, a lot of people call him Dave or Andy. So uh, he can't really go wrong. But I just wanted to make sure. Because I think we all know who Dave Andrichuk is, longtime NHLer, Buffalo, Tampa Bay Hall of Famer. Uh, but I didn't want to know. I didn't want to call him Dave, in case he's not a Dave. It's like the you. I don't know how many of you will know this, but the the kids in the hall had a sketch. These are the Daves I know. I know some of them are Davids. Most of us are Daves, and that's about as much singing as you're going to get from me here on the Pipeline Show.
That was great to track him down, and uh, wouldn't you know it, he's breaking some news. He's uh, His intentions are to go to Yale uh, to play his Division One hockey, and that not uh, formally announced yet, so a little breaking news there, kind of. Also want to thank uh, Ezra Janello who uh, helped set up that interview. I appreciate the assist, Ezra. All right, and with that, that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Man, what a show. Can you believe it? We had two first probable first-round picks in the 2023 NHL draft as we started it off with uh, Braden Yeager from the Moose Jaw Warriors and then uh, came in with Gabe Perot from the U.S. National Development Program. Then we had a Hobie Baker, potential Hobie Baker winner as he's a, a nominee, Carter Wilkie from RIT. And then we end this week's episode with the leading scorer in the North American Hockey League, in David Andrichuk. Great show. Now next week on the program, hopefully, fingers crossed, more of the same as we continue on here on the Pipeline Show as we uh, are now into the, I guess we could probably call it the stretch drive into towards the playoffs as uh, the last month of the regular season, month and a half of the regular season uh, for most of the leagues that we cover. Uh, it's exciting times for sure. Quick thank you to everyone who signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the Pipeline Show the first two interviews that you heard this week, I did on Monday. The second two on Wednesday. The show comes out in full on Friday. So patrons have had access to all the interviews of this show for at least two days, for four days for two of the interviews. If that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, getting to hear the interviews before the general public, then go to patreon.com slash show and sign up. It's two bucks a month, or you get a 10% discount on an annual uh, membership. So then you're talking about like 20 bucks. Contributions from the patrons is what keeps the show going. So I really appreciate that. All right, between now and next week, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can chat about it next week, right here on The Pipeline Show. It's brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. And my name is Guy Flaming. See ya. <laughs>